I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome along to the Short Baller Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty and Mills with you this morning. Uh, Ali's uh, away on work duty, so he can't join us today. But Millsy, we've got plenty to get through. Uh, first of all, first time we've spoken to our short ball crew uh, since Friday in Christchurch. Man, it's been it has been a tough few days in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Um, I, I don't even think I've actually even thought about rugby. It's been every time you you have the, the TVs on. It's um, it's hard to uh, you know not get emotional about some of the things that um, you've seen and hear. And now obviously a few more stories are coming out. So it has. It's been a really really tough um, you know week for New Zealanders. And I suppose it's 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 a hard time to actually try and fathom how something so evil can ha- happen in our beautiful country, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we operate in rugby in a in a very global way, and so there are many parts of the world that have experienced things like this. But you know, someone even as early as Friday, as these events were still unfolding, said that this was a tragedy that felt imported, and it did feel imported mm. for New Zealand, didn't it? It's just yeah. not how we have ever seen ourselves. We wouldn't have thought that something like this. Well, most of us wouldn't have thought that something like this was possible on our own doorstep and I don't know I, I wonder how long it's it will take New Zealanders to adjust to a new reality one that I'm not entirely sure we want to face yeah and, and that's it isn't it it's just um, I mean you know these big things that happen as we you know in, in the past and we sit here and, and so far away from it and you remember things like you know what, what you're doing at that particular mm. time mm. but because it's so close to home it was just uh, I mean going down I was I uh, was working down in, in Hamilton on a Friday and when it initially came out we were driving down and it was just kind of like you know only at that time it was um, I think there was six casualties but it wasn't so yet we got down there and it was kind of like well <laughs> you, how, couldn't, how, even, you yeah. couldn't even work you yeah. know it was just kind of like um, what, what now you know yeah. and, and as the days have gone on um, that that feeling of of uh, I suppose a little bit of emptiness is 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 still quite there, isn't it? It's so it's so strange. I, I remember those situations, right? And, you, and you're going there, and you're supposed to be going to work and and to be part of a broadcast about rugby, and all of a sudden, 
there are so many more important things going on. It's really hard to to get yourself up and to think. All right, I've got to talk about a game of football here. I, I thought, and John Plumtree came out yesterday and said, "Look, in hindsight, we probably could have called that game off, but mm. things had happened so fast, yeah. as you well know." Yeah. Um, I, I thought the gesture from those players before that game was absolutely remarkable. Mm. I thought the result was absolutely remarkable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I thought the comments from TJ Perinara after that game, and, and TJ really has become, I think, a spokesman for a, a new generation of, of rugby players, someone who's very aware of the fact that the game is not as important as a lot of other things in yeah. life. Yeah. And his words afterward where he said, look, I, you know, whatever the result was today, it was not going to be the most important thing. Mm. I, I thought that was a really brave thing to say, yeah. and it showed me that... Um, Rugby and, and sport in general can take a genuine leadership position in moments like this, and, yeah. and we'll get to talk about the Crusaders. But you know, th- those comments I think mean a lot to people too. From yeah. CJ, yeah, it does, and it just goes to show, um, you know, how it sort of rocked a lot of a lot of people, and that rugby isn't the be and end all of, of everything. And, and we often get caught up in the fact that in, in this country, because it's our number one sport that it is, you know, um, based on different results, when something like this happens, um, in particular, you know, that was pretty classy, you know, to actually, you know, set that aside and, and realise, you know, um, what sort of scale, um, you know, this uh, particular event had, had, um, had taken place. So that brings us on to... <clears throat> Conversations that New Zealand will have and really important conversations and, and they are outside the mandate of the short ball podcast for sure. But one of those conversations very quickly centred on the Crusaders yep. and the imagery associated with the Crusaders, the name itself, and what that might signal to uh, our Muslim community here in New Zealand uh, and to other communities around the world. And it's a really interesting debate. And Colin Mansbridge, the new CEO of the Crusaders, uh, did come out and say, look, yeah, we're going to have a discussion with our community, but the time for that is not now. Mm -hmm. And and I think that was good wisdom shown from him. The time now is to try to comprehend what has happened Mm -hmm. and to be supportive of the families and the people affected by Friday's tragedy. Uh, The Minister for Sport and Recreation, um, Honourable Grant Robertson, has come out and said, you know, it's an appropriate that we do have a conversation about this name change. No one has said, change it now. Uh, some people may have demanded that, but no one in administration has said, look, we've got to change this right now. But they have said, let's entertain a conversation around this. That's going to be a difficult conversation for a lot of people to have. But um, and, and I'm not going to give an opinion on this, but um, it's going to have to happen, yep. isn't it? Yeah, and I, you know... I like the way they've gone about it because it is. No one's come out and said this has to happen now. Um, purely the fact that they've acknowledged it, it does need to happen. You know, obviously not straight away, which I think is is, is very wise. But they um, it needs to sort of happen. I think initially when I sort of heard it, it was it was hard because you think, okay, well here's a franchise. It's um, you know you're thinking about the rugby side. You know, it's been successful and and whatnot. But then when yeah, here what what it actually brings and the things like that and the history that it, that it has, not the rugby history. Um, then yeah, it is, and and I'm glad they've they've actually thought about it and said, look, you know, it does. There needs to be a conversation around it and a very important one. And and you're right, there's going to be differing op- opinions on it. Um, 
but the, the the fact that they're actually welcoming a discussion around it, I think, is um, is just fantastic. Well, I think as an organisation, they're blessed to have a number of good CEOs in their region, and there is precedent for this conversation within the Crusaders catchment area. It's only a couple of years ago, Milsey, that the Tasman Marcos became the Tasman Marco, uh, appropriately because they were using uh, a Māori word as Mm. the name of their team. And Iwi had become uncomfortable with the usage. Mm. And so they had that conversation. And as you would expect, there were people within their region who said, what are you doing? We're the Marcos, we'll never change. They changed. No one cared uh, in terms of that it was a loss to them, but so many people cared that it was a gain for them yeah. culturally. Yeah. And it was a wise move. So, uh, I mean, they've got good counsel to lean back on here. I, I, don't, I don't have an opinion on, on what that conversation w- will bring, but, but what I do think, um, and having talked to some people around that team, uh, if you just play because of the name of a side and the brand of that team and the imagery of that team, you're not a team. Mm. Yeah. And, and a rugby team is so much more than the name they play under. A rugby team has a spirit and a bond and a connection, and it represents a community and all of the community, may I add, and those are the important things. It doesn't matter what you're called, yeah. and, and if what you are called is more important than anything else to you within that team, then perhaps you've got it wrong. Mm. A brand's a brand, but a team's a team, and a team is a uniquely personal thing where the Crusaders now, I I would suggest, from a rugby point of view, must get together as a side, and I think they've done that from my discussions, and say, right, what are we defined by? Because we may not be the Crusaders Mm. in the future, Mm. but what defines us as a rugby team, what defines us as our strength, our resilience, our success... All of those things that have gone on to make this, and, and most importantly, what defines us is the people within this group yep. and who we represent. There is no team in Super Rugby that has represented a community that has been <laughs> yeah. through as much as, as Christchurch and the people of Canterbury. Yep. 2011 was epic uh, in terms of flying around the world to try to bring a bit of joy back to a very shaken city. Yep. And this season now is going to be no different. They are going to have to go out there and once again represent an awful lot of heartache and destruction. Mm. And that's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. Oh, it's huge. It's it's massive. But that's when you know how classy this outfit is. I mean, even when they they um, they cancelled the game, you know, that took took a collective conversation. You know, mm. and speaking to them down there when we, we arrived at the um, the, the hotel on. Uh, down in Dunedin, they just cancelled the game and, and speaking to the management and how they came with, about that decision. The fact that they got around and spoke about it in the morning. Um, a few guys were 90% sure that they, they wanted to play. Then there was 40%, uh, um, you know, a few guys that were 40% and, and willing to play. And then they came together again. And the more they came together, the more they realised they couldn't go out there and play. And so collectively... You know, they've had a discussion about mm-hmm. how that looks f- for everyone and what, what they, they, they felt at the time, and that's why they came to that decision. Now, that's why the, this franchise is so great, because they do have that conversation. And when you talk about, yeah, the brand, okay, 
kids, you know, they they, they aspire to to um, to be in that environment, to be, um, you know, in this in this brand environment. But once they, once you get in there, it's not about the name, mm-hmm. you know. And I know there's some catchphrases they have, like the Crusade on and things like that. But you know, that's that's linked to a, a, an identity that they've created within their 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 team environment. And so it doesn't really matter what what name they well they I, I would imagine that they go under. And so that's why. Um, and you think, yeah, you know, the, the environment they have and the discussions they had. I, I walked away from that thinking, far out, that's 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 awesome because they would have been under a lot of pressure, but they've gone to the players and the management have, have sat down, and had a really good discussion about, um, about about going out there. So, you know, no doubt they'll they'll have another one about the naming of this team. Yeah, look, you you aspire to play for a team that represents something, right? Mm rather than aspire to play because you get a logo on your chest. I look, I, I'm sure, and I'm sure if it was the All Blacks going through this, <laughs> there would be a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth and a lot of people saying, we're the All Blacks, we wouldn't change our name. But, I, but I'm telling you right now, if that were ever to happen, and I'm being very hypothetical, uh, if someone said to me, we're not the All Blacks anymore, we're New Zealand, would that would that have an impact on wanting to play for that team. I, I'm not entirely sure it would. It's still going to be the top team you can play for, the most successful international side in history. Mm. Um, I know the name is important, but ultimately what it represents, the All Blacks name, is that you play for New Zealand. That's it. And yeah. so when we cut through the branding and the marketing, uh, that's technically what it is. Yep. New Zealand's national team. Yeah. And the Crusaders represent a legacy of success and a particular region of New Zealand and that is undiminished and unchanged even if the name goes uh, the way of um, other things. Yeah well and I think you're right Sir I think the legacy is defined by what you've done in that it's not defined by the name and I know you know a little bit different in terms of how they've branded the All Blacks um, you know if, if it was to, to, to get like that but I, I certainly I, I think um, from someone you know that's been in there mm. it wouldn't it, the name wouldn't define you. It was purely the the, the branding, but it goes to also show how great the what the what the efforts have done over the years to create that brand. Because the All Blacks, you know, um, you know, when someone looks at the All Blacks from particularly overseas, they think of New Zealand straight away and, and, and the rugby team that they have here. It's going to be an intense conversation, and as I said at the start of the short ball today, it's just one of a number of conversations that our our country will be going through uh, over the coming weeks and months and years and uh, I guess from all of us at Rugby Pass too we'd just like to pass on our condolences and our heartfelt sympathies Mm. to all of those whose lives were taken by that murderer on Friday. Getting back to the footy Millsy and uh, Friday night was a pretty intense evening as you've already alluded to but ultimately uh, there is some light at the end of the tunnel for the Chiefs (laughs) or should I say there's some light in the backfield for the Chiefs, <laughs> the, the move to put Damian McKenzie back to fullback. Uh, look, can anyone now argue that that's not his best position? Oh, I think the All Blacks might if they keep persisting in him playing at, playing at 10. And it, and it perhaps, you know, has is, is got a lot to do with the makeup of where their, their squad will end up. You know, whether they have, the, you know, they have a McKenzie 10, 15 type scenario come the end of the year. But there's no doubt, and we've, we've, you know, I've shared this um, 
lots on rugby pass. The fact that I think he's a he's a fullback, and mm-hmm. at the moment I just think he's in two minds. I heard, I mean, we're interesting to hear. I heard I think Aaron Smith the other day saying that um, you know they're similar positions, <laughs> but they're not. Mm. You know, and I I, I had to um, disagree with that. The fact that you know that um, ten and ten and fifteen are, are totally different, and this is why a guy with this much talent has expressed himself in the weekend the way he has. And I know there's lots been talked about, Damien, but the guy for me, really, is the other McKenzie. You mm. know, he was put in there to do a job um, that effectively made his brother look like the man. And, and he did a hell of a good job at that too. He, you know, he, he, he st- um, steered the ship, he got them down the other end, and he just freed up Damien um, um, the way that he, he should be freed up. And so, yes, we're talking about Damien, but it was Marty for me that sort of um, that paved the way for him carving up. Yeah, I mean, I, I love the point you make, but the thing is that that's, that's because if Marty McKenzie's going to go out there and say, this is how you drive a team around, mm. and that's my job. Damien's going to go out there and say, how am I going to score three tries on my own? Yeah. And and I don't mean that as a criticism. It's just he's so gifted. Yeah. The kid's constantly on, on a contiki tour around a rugby field. Yeah. And that's what makes him so wonderful to watch. Marty knows that he's not the same player as Damien, mm. so what does he focus on? Let's play percentages, let's kick for corners, let's play for territory, let's pass the ball. Yeah. There's this element too where I think where Aaron Smith's analogy comes from or comparison between 10 and 15, because the All Blacks now have dual playmakers, mm. yeah. you know, your fullback can jump up in the line and be a playmaker. Yeah. That's where the similarity is, but, but, I, but I think the comparison is wrong. A lot of teams still play with a 10-12 dual playmaker yeah. combination. A lot of the Australian teams, as Ben Smith on Rugby Pass pointed out this week, but the All Blacks have gone into this real mode of saying, "Well, we're going to run a lot off nine, and then we've got interchangeable ten and fifteen yeah. when we need it. When we need something different, our fullback can come up." But there's a big difference and a fundamental difference between coming in once in a while when an opportunity exists because you've seen it yep. from the back. Yep. and standing in the line for eighty minutes yep. trying to make that opportunity happen. Yep. That and there's very few players, and Bowden Barrett's one of them, yeah. that can go yeah. from playing 15, seeing opportunities, yeah. to playing 10 and creating them. Yeah. And I think that's where Damien got a little bit lost early season because that takes an enormous amount of self-belief. Yeah. And if your confidence is slightly off or your team's not giving you great ball or you're always playing off the back foot because of mistakes, mm. that's a much harder proposition for Damien McKenzie than it might be for the likes of Bowden Barrett mm. or, for that matter, for a specialist 10 like Richie Moanga. Yep. Damien's utility factor should not be counted as a curse for him. No. It should be his trump card. I can jump in that line and create something, as we saw all through last season. Oh, man. Whenever he hit the line, he made something happen. Yep. Whenever he played first receiver, he made something You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And Bowden was happy to delegate in those times. Mm. But we've got to get away from the thinking that every 15 we have can suddenly play 10, 10. And, and, and everyone's happy. That is just not the case. Barrett, to me, stands as a generational player yeah. because of his ability to have switched from the back to 10. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he is. He, and that's why, like, I mean, it's such a hard skill to be able to try and, 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 and nail because you're right. You know, for me, when I was playing at the back, Gee, I'd, I'd only come come up up front as a pivot. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't be looking for opportunities around there. And it, the thing is, you've got to weigh yourself up, and, and you've got to get a feel about how much pressure is is in, in that that inside. Yeah. Um, whereas I'd watch Mother Rome, Rome. Damien, he's he knows those those opportunities are on. He knows the feel about. I mean, I think the, the Crusaders game when um, Severis intercepted it. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, he knows um, you know what opportunities are out there because he's used, used to standing out there. So yep. he's trying to get it out there. Yep. But it's a different mentality when you're the playmaker there. And so that's where I, th- I think he's been, he's been caught up and he just needs that little bit of confidence to be able to roam a bit more at the back and get a feel about how that is. You know, yes, okay, I understand where the All Blacks perhaps see him as, as a 10, um, going forward, but I just think think you know you know he can be possibly be used at um, his versatility um, should count for him um, and the way he goes about it. But when you talk about the Barretts of the world, he's probably the one guy that's actually been able to adapt because mm. um, he knows what that looks like, he knows what it that feels like, and it's an exceptional skill to be able to have. We're on the short pool with Mills Mulyaina and Scotty Stevenson, a Rugby Pass podcast, as we evaluate some of the Super Rugby action and, and look forward to the next round. We need to talk about the Reds getting up, getting off the donut over the Sunnies. Gee. Uh, man, I tell you, I love the Sunwolves. I, I feel sorry for them actually losing that game, but um, good on Brad Thord's Reds. It was a bit of a turnaround week for the Australian Conference with the Reds getting on the board uh, and also the Brumbies getting a second win for the season, which saw the Waratahs stump out a third in that table and the Rebels also. Oh, I tell you what, they blew it. They blew it big time. Man, that, you know, that... I think we talked about it last week. That's a definer for them. Going over to South Africa, playing at Alice Park, beating the Lions, that sets up a season. Mm. Not falling short, because then all the doubts start creeping back into your, into your Rebel side as well. They're better than that. They should have closed they that should game. have closed it out. I, I, yeah, I don't think... I think it'll be interesting to see how they go this week. I don't, I don't think there'll be too much doubt. I think they know they should have been a, a lot better than, than they were in the, that second half. I mean, to, to lose that game... Mm. Um, man... And it is, you know. Don't get me wrong; it's tough to go out there and and um, and win. But when Great. you're that far ahead and you've got a quality team like the Rebels are this year, you should really close it. Yes, you know, I know some discipline issues didn't help them either, but that would would have just been huge for them. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how they bounce back this week. We got the Blues taking on the Highlanders this week as well. Uh, so the Blues back in action after the bye week, and the Highlanders will technically they've had a bye week too, I suppose. Um, they get two points for the draw. Big, big day out for the Blues. Yeah, and most sunny this weekend, obviously, he is uh, headed to Christchurch to show his support uh, for the victims of Friday. So, you know, it's it's interesting to see what they will run out there. I I feel a bit for the Blues in terms of the season <laughs> structure because I don't think the bye week is going to be good for them. No. I, I'd, no. You know, I, I know there's probably some people who might argue, yeah, it'll be great. They, they can go away and they can work harder on their systems again and really bed things in. But... 
I'm not sure. They get the W. They're on the board. It just felt to me like, they need all right, keep going, right? Yeah, yeah. Where's our momentum now? And I guess the same for the Highlanders. I think it works conversely for them. They can walk away with two points and go, right, we haven't quite been there. Mm. And now let's refocus and, and head up to Eden Park and take on the Blues. I, I, I don't know whether I'm overanalyzing this, but I, I think that not playing last week wouldn't have been as good for the Blues as it, as it was for the Highlanders long term. Because let's be honest, if they had played the Southern Classic, Half of them would have been injured. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Because that exactly. game is brutal. Yeah, it would have been. It's it's um, physically they would have had to change their whole week because mm. they knew they would have had to go into another physical. Well, they're going to go into another physical in, in, encounter, but they're going to come in fresh. Um, the, the, yes, they lost against the Hurricanes in that um, that last minute um, in Wellington, but. Now they're probably in better nick coming up to to face the Blues up here, and the Blues. Oh, I would have loved to see them, you know, continue that momentum because yeah. it was a real fight in the end against the Sunwolves, mm. um, and then to have an extra week to keep building on that would have been great. I know they've worked hard uh, on the on the bye week, but it's, sometimes it's just not the same. You know, mm. you want to just keep growing that that confidence. The battle up front, and that's why the, the physicality is going to be huge because the Highlanders they are no no nonsense type of team. Um, and you know they'll come up here and they'll fire to make sure that the because it's it, it is it's going to be the battle of their tents the youngsters who they you know you got Yuani who's um, man he's he's got a massive future and then on the other side Black or or Plummer so those are those are you know very very inexperienced tents and so the battle for me is going to be up front and who wins the, the physicality and. You know the the last you know the, with the Highlanders non um, no nonsense attitude you know yeah you hope that the Blues get up on this because certainly man they got some firepower too. I agree with that. Stormers decided to stay in Auckland early part of the week instead of going to Wellington. That's a you can't diss the capital city like that. Where are they? Do you say they're in what? Auckland? Oh. I saw them yesterday. I saw Eben Eben Itzebe. Oh, yes, they were too. They're uh, trading. I saw, it. Yeah, I saw him walking up the road. Man, he's a massive human being. Um, you know South Africans, eh? When you know rugby oh, yeah. players, when you they, they wouldn't have. even have to be in, in in team uniform. They were on this occasion. They always, just, man, they always wear their kit. Oh yeah, every time, every time the, the South yeah. Africans tour, they love it. Eh? They're, they're proud of wearing their kit. Hundred eh? percent. Yeah. Well, they're, and they're huge. I had oh. to get out of their way. And a cup of coffee. I look like a dwarf in front of <laughs> Waratahs hosting the Crusaders. Um, it's a this is going to be an interesting game for me because I think there's going to be a lot of emotion yeah, before kickoff. Yeah. I know the Waratahs have confirmed that they're going to have a moment of silence observed before kickoff. The mm. Crusaders are still working on their plan and how they best uh, reflect last Friday. First time they're going to be back in action. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they were hissing and ready to go on Saturday. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the issue for them this week is how they get back up because mm. they take that Highlanders game particularly seriously. They train really, really well. So they've got to get back on the horse here. Um, and the Waratahs need to find some answers. They're sort of lurching through another season. Mm. And so much connection with Christchurch, obviously, with Daryl Gibson, Gibson there as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the Crusaders would go there as, as massive favourites, I would suspect. Yep. But um, I'm just really intrigued to see how the team plays, given everything now that has been uh, foisted upon them, you know, by the events of last Friday, because a lot of people are going to be watching. Yeah, and the fact is, it's the emotional side. You know, they're, mm. they're, they're talented. They're, they're <laughs> they are an absolutely awesome team. But 
you know, everyone reacts differently when there's a little bit of emotion, and yeah, this is this isn't a little bit, is it? And so it's really collectively as a team how they look um, look at that and, um, and 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 channel that because sometimes you know things like that can actually put teams put teams off. So it's it's it won't be the phys- physical side and, and the game plan and things like that. It'll just be you know how um, how they touch on the, the emotion of um, of what's happened last week. Let's talk about the Chiefs on the road to the Bulls too. Uh, man, I'm, look, I'm glad they got some points. Gee, that team needed something out yeah. of that game. They really did. They did uh, yeah. Big challenge ahead, heading over to Pretoria and then on to Argentina. Maybe, just maybe, uh, it'll do them the world of good being out of the bubble here Yeah, and just being on the road and getting tight. Um, it has that effect on teams. It does, yeah. And they can play. You know they showed that against the Hurricanes last week. You know they've, um, you know there's some grit there um, with with a bit of direction now. Uh, I think Depressini might be back as well. Also, so this, they've got cover and things like that. So they get, they can actually do it. It's just about being able to get away. Um, really, you know, and it's, as you say, like touring can actually make a team. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the best opportunity the Chiefs will have to actually try and salvage their their their, um, their season. You know, you know what's. Uh... <laughs> I'm not a clairvoyant, mm. as you know, but Stephen Donald was brought into that team. But we've only seen him once, yeah. and um, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, he's got bone bruising now. He's got what? He's got bone bruising. Far out, he's old. Um, but here's the thing, right? Chiefs get to the final round, need a win to make sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. What, what chance that the old man has to be dug up and, <laughs> and come and play that game? I'm just going to throw that out there now. It's a speculator. Mm. It's a speculator. It's still you have to get past Marty McKenzie, Damian McKenzie, Jack Debrasini, and uh, Tian Falcon if he comes back. Yeah, he's got through four before to get a big moment. There's nothing stopping him. Well, I mean, that, this is the thing. Like when I, I didn't realise he was injured, but I, I wondered why they hadn't sort of just um, put him in there. Uh, you know, because they needed that leadership. Okay, he, he might be. I don't know. I, I don't know whether he's behind the eight ball in terms of the, the physical side of it, in terms of going any fast. But that experience is key. When, when has he ever been behind the physical side in terms of not being fast? When, when has he ever? I mean, what are you agile. To, I should say to, agile. What are you trying to say? Well, mate, mate, he doesn't move. Yeah, gee. His guns are massive, mate, but they, they ain't going to help him get faster, is it? Come on, actually, mate. We should he's, actually congratulate him. This. He's just had his first child. Well, yeah, Alex so, has had the child. He did nothing to work, yeah, as usual. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, he could be tired. You know, it's a, it's a hell of a different... Oh, hey, he's big daddy now. He's got to change those nappies. He's got a beaver cub. Hey? He's going to have to build a bigger den. That's what happens. Uh, on the short ball, Melzy, we, we don't often head north, but we are today. Because... Uh, what about Wales? <laughs> You're old mate. Oh, was I? Oh, Gats. Well, Warren Bull works every time. He's a he's a he's a genius, Warren Gatlin. Oh, he is. Needs to be said here. People need to respect this guy. Well, I said it a couple of weeks ago. You know, I think we, you know, I, I, and I respect Joe Schmidt and what he's done, but we just haven't acknowledged what Gats has done in terms of, of rugby. He's. I, know. Like I said. I won't repeat it again. The Lions. He's gone mm-hmm. out of South Africa. He's gone to Australia. He's come here. You know, numerous now um, Grand Slams. And now three. three. And regardless of whether you like him or not, you've you've got to acknowledge, you know, this guy has done something huge in terms of um, rugby on a, on a global sense. 
Yeah, last he's year, a Kiwi. Last year, everyone's thinking how we ever replace Sam Warburton as captain. Alan Wynn Jones has been a colossus. Alan Wynn for this campaign. Oh, oh, yeah, I he mean, is, mate. He is. I'm. You know, we we talk a lot about Brady Rattelak and Sam Whitelock down here, and as we should. And but you know, the Southern Hemisphere needs to show some genuine respect for that guy. Oh, big time. He was massive. Big time and, for Wales. Yeah, and you know, yeah, everyone was. Wondering, you know, what would happen now? Because Sam was—he is huge. He was an inspirational leader, but the way Alan Wynn's gone about it, he's—he's just—I he, mean, he's led that team um, immensely. I always remember the first time I played against him. Eh? Tackled me around the bootlaces, took one of my boots off and threw it into the bloody crowd. <laughs> Alan Wynn did. Yeah, that's. I wasn't. That's, no, no, I wasn't very happy. Eh? I bet. What did you say? I just looked at him and said a few sort of. Words, did you, did you but use, he luckily did you use your big boy words. Oh, mate, I did. did but I had a few big language? boys behind me too. Yeah, and then um, did someone give you boot back? Well, Pete Gallagher had to get it because it was almost ended up in the damn crowd, and I was like hobbling around with the one boot. And then at the end of it, he st- <laughs> we had a little wee chuckle. That's what's so great about it. Yeah, we had a little wee chuckle at the end. He goes, he asked me if I found my boot, and I said, "You bloody prick," you know. So, <laughs> Alan Wynn, mate. Gee, I hope you're not doing those bloody tricks these days. Hundred percent, he's still doing that shit. Bloody bastard. How good. Yeah. I and I noticed that. actually, um, I think it was the mess, uh, the, the little child that was with them. Yeah. Um, they were shivering. And so yeah, he, he put his, he put he put his, his jacket coat over, on right? That's class. Man, that's good value. Give him your boots too, mate. You wouldn't have done that. You would have yes, I would have. You would have seen their kids shivering. You would have just pushed them out of nah, the way mate. and said, nah. shivering, mate, you're making me shiver. No, 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 no. I would have, mate. Ali Williams wouldn't have. <laughs> He's not here to defend himself. But he wouldn't. Yeah, no, fair enough. No. Mind you, the kid would have been covering his ears the way he sings the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Between him and DC, right? Oh, terrible. It's terrible. a bit tone deaf there, eh? Oh, mate, terrible. Anyway. <laughs> well, God bless you, Alan Wynn. And I'm glad you took the piss out of him, too. Uh, Milsey, now, unfortunately, what happens is people get carried away all the time, right? So yeah. people get carried away and then all of a sudden you go from you win a tournament and now you're, you're the favourites to win other things and people get carried away with the All Blacks and they get carried away with Ireland when they beat the All Blacks and they got carried away with England when they beat Ireland and now they're yeah. getting carried away with Wales. when they. Where do you see Wales right now in terms of the World Cup pecking order? Because Warren Gatland came out and through Rugby Pass, you can read that story, said... We can bring the World Cup home. Now, I've got no doubt they can. But what I'm asking you is, will they? Here's a chance. Mate, you can't ask me that Here's question. Here's a chance. You can't ask me that. Because I don't know. You said you're not a clairvoyant. I'm not either. The fact that Getz has put it out there, and this is why a lot of people think he's arrogant, but all he's doing is he's planting that seed into his players and the nation to say, mate, if you guys don't believe, well, there's no use going there. That, so it's not arrogance, it's I belief. I agree. I totally agree with you. And that's that's what I like about him. He's like, well, why can't we talk it up? We just bitched every home union. Yeah. We won the Six Nations. Why can't we be in this conversation? If we don't believe we should be, then who else is going to believe in us? Fair cop too. And the thing is, that they've always been the Like, no one would really take them serious come World Cup. But you've got to remember, they lost that... that um, uh, semi-final to France, you know, one man down. So in 2007, I think it was eleven. Eleven. I mean, they've got to be. They've got to be in the conversation. They've easily got to be in the conversation. And that there from Gats was 
mate, there'll be plenty of mind games to go. I, I, I was actually intrigued. I sat down with him and, and talked about some of the things that he's sort of thought about in terms of, well, not mind games, but his um, philosophy and how he could, you know, just put a little bit of doubt and sort of belief in players. And it's, man, some of the things that yeah, that he spoke about was was mind-boggling because it was just kind of like, gee, is that smart? But you've got a lot of money that you can do that, right? Gee. What are you saying? He's just... He's planting seeds all over the show. He's, no, no, he's like the constant of, gardener. He wanted to um, um, he wanted to employ someone just to from the Kiwis just to get up the the nerves and think that he might have an upper hand on something. And I was like, he, he said, "Well, he, realistically, I probably wasn't going to use him, but he, mate, he was going to get a lot of dosh for just sitting there and having mind games with the others." You know, I would love that. I was just thinking, Jeep is that smart? That is smart. Didn't eventuate though. Well, didn't the All Blacks try to do that before the Lions arrived? Yeah, yeah actually, Joe Schmidt. Well, friend Joe Schmidt, uh, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, just tell you what. Yeah, the game's changed. It's a lot of money to spend on a mind game, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. He's got it though. They've got it. We uh, need to, next week on the short ball, uh, we need to discuss, uh, and I want your take on this. Um, so next week, we're going to discuss what we should be more worried about as a rugby playing nation. Mm. Players heading overseas, or the fact that pretty much every coach we ever create in this Leaders. country now Jeez. goes and leads another program around the world. Mm. That is going to be the topic of next week's short ball. That has been this week's short ball in uh, a very sad time for New Zealand. But the living must keep living, and rugby will continue. And we certainly hope uh, you enjoy your footy this weekend on rugbypass.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 